0: Father's house, our prayer is that you will be blessed and strengthened by the power of Jesus Christ. We would like to thank you for joining us today as we study God's Word. Now let's join Pastor Justin. Before I release this word to you guys, I want to share a testimony. For a couple of weeks, we were out. We was out on vacation one week, and we went to uh, Bethel and Reading the the following weekend. And uh, Bethel's kind of one of those places that's kind of like on your to do bucket list. You know, like you got if you can go, go. It'll change. It'll wreck your world. But we had some awesome experiences with the Lord and God. Really, just just transformed us. I think I could spend hours talking about it, but in reality, God just did a work uh, in us and just spoke to us that probably take years to really just digest what God released to us uh, for that medical healing conference. So we went for Jessica's work, but it was so beyond that. So, but uh, one of the things that happened before I uh, get into this word, because it ties into the message, but. I share with the youth a little bit there Wednesday night. Uh how many's ever heard of a Sozo ministry? Raise your hand. Probably half third of the church. Uh, basically, sozo in the uh, in the Greek means to be made whole—body, soul, spirit—to be made whole. That's what the word sozo means. And so it's basically a time. I don't want to say counseling, but it's a time where God just really meets you and really just just exposes things in your life, and He ministers to you as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and just radically just just speaks to you. And and so at the opening of it, and I'm not a guy that really gets like. Start seeing just crazy stuff, you know, where God takes me places and things. You know, I have vision, you know, ministry vision, but not so much like seeing things, you know. And there was a lot of things that just began to see. But at the beginning of it, um, he's like, and the, the guy I was with began to speak to me and he, and he said, What is the Father showing you right now? And God took me in, and I'm going to try to hold my composure. I may cry a little bit during this message today, but I want to be real with you guys. But God took took me back about a year and a half ago when we or well, maybe two years ago. I can't remember how long it's been now, a year to two years. But anyway, it took me back to um, Cincinnati when we were in revival and, and took me back to the hospital room when we were praying for Parker. And some of you may remember when we had Parker... Um, picture on the there that Easter Sunday in the old building and began to pray for him and and man God did a, just a terrific work in that boy's life as a matter of no time we went over there prayed for him and I mean just a radical like turnaround like he's off the oxygen he's breathing on his own he's walking he's moving and expected to see him in church that Sunday night and uh, other mother took him somewhere else and there's just issues there but nevertheless didn't get to see him and the next day. um got a call from, or got a text from his, from his uncle and said, Justin, you better be praying, man. They've, where they have basically sentenced this boy, you know, uh, um, I can't remember what you call it, but basically like where he's been signed to basically like just put him in comfort care. They're ready to take him out, man. And there's just no way, there's just no turnaround with this. I'm like, you've got to stop this. God wants to heal this boy. You've got to, you got, let me talk to his dad or something. You can't let this happen. And so basically within that hour or two, he died. And that mess with me for for ever since that moment, that's messed with my mind. It's messed with my prayer life. It's messed with me. You know, I've hesitated a lot even praying for people, you know. And I always have hesitated praying for people. I believe God needs to speak to you like to lay hands on and pray for somebody. You don't just go feel, because you're just feeling real warm and tingly inside, just go lay hands on everybody, right? But, uh, you know, but I I believe in being led by the Spirit. I believe, you know, in just being sensitive to what He's showing you and speaking to you. But I just really believe that with all my heart. Like if I ever believed for anything before, I believe that boy was to be healed. And so I really just struggle with that ever since. But in that so-so time, God took me to that, to that room and I began to see the family gathered around the bed, that hospital bed with that baby. And then I seen an image flip and I seen that boy walking with Jesus in a field. And when I saw that man, it changed me. When I saw that, it wrecked me because for a long time I had battled in my heart. On praying for people, like, is it really God's will? And God began to speak in that time and began to say, "God healed that baby, but He different did it different than you expected." And He said, "Justin, He said every healing evangelist goes through this." And He said, <clears throat> "I'm trying." He said. You can't take the credit when God heals people. You can't take the blame when he doesn't. That set me free. That set me free. That was a moment that changed my life forever. Even praying for people, it changed me. I said that this morning because I believe today is a new day. I believe today is a day where God is going to heal people, body, soul, and spirit. You might be watching live stream, Facebook live in just a moment, but can I tell you this? God is going to heal some people today. I've come, there's an atmosphere, and I don't know if you're sensitive to this or not, but this is an atmosphere of healing today. God is going to heal some people. God is going to heal body, soul, and spirit. I have full faith in that. Can anybody come in agreement with me for that? God's going God's to heal some stuff. And so this morning, I want to talk about the subject of the path to reconciliation, the healing of the inner man. I believe a lot of times, and I may get a little ahead of myself before I read the scripture, but a lot of times we deal with physical pains in our body. And a lot of times it's rooted in emotional sicknesses. Okay. Okay we'll get there. A lot of times physical pain is rooted in emotional sickness. You worry yourself to death. You worry yourself sick. You grieve yourself to death. And so it's important guys that I can pray for your headache to go away, but if it's if it's triggered from stress, we got to get to the stress. Amen. So those are things we're going to deal with today. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 53, verses 3 through 5. And we're just uh, get in. We're going to go through several verses this morning. But I'm telling you, I can't express to you how I feel God is going to just heal people today. Hallelujah. Path to reconciliation, the healing of the inner man. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 3 through 5. And if you've got that, um, just follow along with us. If you don't have it, we'll put it on the screen for you. If you've got your Bible, uh, it could be your electronic Bible or your physical Bible, but I want you to just hold it up in the air. I want you to just hold it up real high. I want you to say, this word is for me. Amen. This isn't for someone else on your row. This isn't for someone just a leader. This is for everybody. Amen. Everybody can apply this word today. Isaiah chapter 53 verses 3 through 5 is what the word says. It's talking about Jesus here. This book of Isaiah, this is Old Testament, so Jesus hadn't come on the scene yet. This is the prophet speaking. Amen. He said, he is despised and rejected men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he'd borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. God, I just come as not just as a servant, but Lord, I come as a son to deliver what you spoke to me. God, I thank you that there is an atmosphere and a culture being established in this place of divine healing. God, I pray that you would release your word to your people. God, that we will not speak only the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of the love and power of your Holy Spirit. Hide me behind the cross. Let everything that is said and done be under the honor and glory of your sweet, precious, and holy name, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone says, Amen. 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 So, again, this morning we want to talk about the path to, uh, to uh, reconciliation, the healing of the inner man. What I want to focus on today is Jesus. Jesus, the Bible says, was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. If you read Scripture, the earthly... Father that would have raised Jesus, Joseph. Right? I know he was conceived of the Holy Spirit, but his natural father would die sometime between him and the cross. Sometime he would have to lean on his heavenly Father throughout those years. Uh, that no doubt he felt abandoned. He felt alone. He dealt with grief and sorrow, but he had to rely on his heavenly Father for healing and for strength. And uh, so he went through that. He went through being rejected. I mean, when you go to the cross, there's very few there. He touched many lives, thousands of lives. He healed and he fed disciples. He, he fathered in the faith. But yet at the same time, Judas betrayed him and Peter denied him. He was betrayed. He was rejected. His beard plucked from his face. He was spat upon. He was smacked on. He was beaten. and abused. All these different things Jesus went through. Because he went through it so that you don't have to be grieving and you don't have to be sorrowful. You don't have to be that way. The word grief in the Hebrew here literally means disease or sickness. Acquainted with grief. Jesus' grief right? This is translated into disease or sickness in some Old Testament Hebrew translations of grief is into infirmity. So again, some of our diseases and sicknesses and infirmities are rooted in this thing called grief. What is going on with your mind, will, and emotion that is producing physical sickness in your body? If you're, if you're having panic attacks and it's manifesting physically in your body, it's not be, we don't need to pray for your physical body to be healed. We need to pray for your soul to be healed. Amen. Just as I was talking about headaches, we got to get this stress and let the peace of God, which keeps our heart and mind, keep you established in the Lord. Amen. So we got to deal with that. We got to deal with those things. We got to deal with that stuff. And here's what the word says: Isaiah 53:5. He was wounded for our transgressions. The word transgressions. There, I want you to get the revelation of what this scripture really means. Because a lot of times we quote it. We quote the last part of the verse because we're healed. Hallelujah. Because we want to be healed in physical uh, physical pain so we can feel better. But we don't want to do anything with it. Right. We want to be. We want God to to make us feel better, but we're not going to tell anyone how what God has done in our life. We're not going to share a testimony, as Joe was talking about, the goodness of God, but we'll keep it to ourselves, right? Here's what happens. Here's what happens, guys. It's like this. If you pick apples off an apple tree off one limb, you're not, you're not removing the tree. The apples are going to grow on another branch or another limb, right? So in other words, you can pick for God to heal this kind of pain in your body. But if you don't get to the root of your pain, it's going to manifest in a different way. It's going to manifest in your friendships. It's going to manifest in your relationships. It's going to manifest in, in so many ways until you get to the root root of the problem so this morning we got to get to the root of our pain number one wounded for our transgressions the word transgressions there means rebellion the bible says that rebellion is the sin of witchcraft the wounds of christ was to remove the stains of generational curses That's why Jesus was wounded. He was wounded so that, yeah, and you can go to the doctor and you can get all these different things of genealogy sicknesses. Of uh, Did your parents have high blood pressure? Does your grandparents do? that? What's going on in your lineage? Because there's generational things. Your grandparents, as Sister Steph was talking about earlier, your grandparents may have suffered from cancer or your parents may have suffered from cancer. But I've got good gospel news for you. He was wounded. So you don't have to be abound by a generational thing. But what used to be generational curses before you, there's a transformation. Now generational blessings can proceed from you. Amen. How many know they're blessed by the Lord today? Hallelujah. He was bruised for our iniquities. The word iniquities there and bruised for iniquities means he was crushed for our faults. He was crushed for our faults. In other words, we are guilty of a lot of stuff. We're at fault for things, but in him we're blameless. (laughs) It's just like going in the courtroom of heaven and and the devil as accuses the brethren bringing all this stuff against you. And Jesus said, he don't have to die for that. I already paid that price. You may have been guilty, but his blood cleanses you of those faults. You're not guilty anymore. All things are made new. So don't live in the past. He, he is, your past is covered in the blood, and you have a new beginning in the presence of the Lord. Anybody grateful for new beginnings this morning? Amen. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. That's a big one right there that we oftentimes overlook. Amen. The correction of our shalom, our peace. Peace is also translated into prosperity. And can I tell you prosperity is so much more than money? Money don't buy happiness, guys ask a lot of people in hollywood just go over there and just 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 look up the reviews just look up reports man there's ones dealing with depression and suicide and stuff money doesn't buy happiness but peace that's in jesus there's no price tag on that thing man Chastisement, correction of our peace. Flowing from our spirit should be correction, instruction, discipline, doctrine, and reproof of peace. He bore our sorrows and and carried our griefs on the cross so that we can walk in peace. If we are, listen, if we are walking in sorrow, we're keeping him on the cross rather than resurrected from an empty tomb and seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is not still on the cross. He's resurrected, guys. Therefore, we're free in him. We're free in Him and have power in Him. And by His stripes we are healed. Stripes are those wounds and bruises. So again, it's more than just, uh, and the word uh, uh, healing means to stitch or to repair. So it's more than just stitching or repairing your physical body. But it's also your soul and your spirit. So is anyone getting any revelation this morning that God wants to make you whole? He wants to make you complete, right? Hallelujah. So in these scriptures, you understand that he is Jehovah Shalom and he is Jehovah Rapha. He is your healer and he is your peace. Hallelujah. Amen. Anybody, you guys with me this morning? He's our healer and he's our peace. A lot of times we like to plead the blood of Jesus, but we don't like to plead the stripes. We plead the blood for salvation and protection. But if you've got enough faith in God to resurrect from a tomb and shed his blood for you, then why can't you have enough faith for God to heal you of those wounds to your soul and spirit? Because that's what he died for. So there's four healings of the soul. I only want to talk about one this morning. But there's four healings of the soul. Number one is the release of bitterness. And that's what we're going to focus on today. Number one is the release of bitterness. That's, that's a soulless healing you become bitter, you're manifesting in physical sickness, right? You get angry with people and you hold that anger and resentment in your heart, guys, it's going to manifest in a lot of different ways. Fulfillment of identity to drive out fear because you're a son or daughter of God. When you fulfill your identity as a son or daughter, guess what? Fear is driven out because we don't have the spirit of of, of bondage to fear, but we have the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, when we recognize we're children of the Lord, it drives out fear. Number three is a confirmation of your identity to overcome depression. A depressed soul. By confirmation, by knowing beyond the shadow of a doubt that you're a son or daughter of God, there's no room for depression to get in. Amen. No room to be depressed. No room to be overwhelmed, overwhelmed with sadness because your identity is in Jesus. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Right? Guys, with me. Number four is the reconciliation of soul and spirit to defeat frustration and anger. That your soul and spirit come into agreement and come into alignment and therefore you're seated above to where you're not carrying all this frustration and all the time and anger all the time. So these are four healings. We're going to talk about the first one, the release of bitterness. As our pastor said a few weeks ago when he was preaching, bitterness is a poison you drink believing it will hurt somebody else. It's a toxic to your spirit. It's a Toxic to your soul. Bitterness is unforgiveness. Jesus told Peter. He said forgive. He said. And Peter asked Jesus. He said. How many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times. And Jesus said. No forgive him. Seventy times. Seven. Forgiveness, right? Forgive, right? Forgive each other. Forgive one another. Walk in forgiveness. Jesus is saying to walk in forgiveness. And if God can forgive us of our sins, now you know God is a big God. He created the heavens and the earth. He did everything. But if God chooses to forget your sin, then how come we hold our standard higher than God's? If you hold your standard higher than God's, that's idolatry. Then if you enforce that standard on someone else, that's religion. Anybody with me in this room? Anybody, can anybody just wave at me and say, I'm here, Justin? I'm here, right? Amen. I'm still here. Right? We can't have a standard higher than God's. If his grace forgives you, then let his grace allow you to forgive yourself. Don't hold those bitterness, that bitterness and grudges in your heart. Everyone at some point in their life has to confront bitterness. Everybody, there's no way around it. 100% of the people that ever walked upon this earth has to deal with this thing called bitterness. Everybody does at some point, whether it's betrayed in a friendship or relationship, whether it is a divorce, whether it is growing up in a fatherless home, whether it's because God didn't answer a prayer he was believing for. Everyone at some point has to deal with this thing called bitterness. Hannah prayed for a son, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 1. And he said that out of the bitterness of her soul, she poured it, her soul out to the Lord. And when Eli, the priest, came by and said, what are you doing? Are you drunk or something? She said, no, I'm pouring out my soul to the Lord. And God granted her what she requested because instead of holding that bitterness inside, she released it to the Lord. You confide within yourself, but that's not gonna heal you. Releasing it to the Lord is what brings healing. Confession will bring healing. Hallelujah. Judges 16, 16, Samuel's soul was vexed. The word vexed means grieved. Samson's soul was vexed unto death. Right? Grieved unto death because of this relationship with Delilah that he had no business being in. It led him to the place where his eyes were literally gouged out of his head. Right? But he began to pray and he began to repent and said, Lord, avenge me for my eyes. And he began to repent to the Lord. And he did more destruction to the enemy's camp in one day than all those years combined because of repentance. Your soul may be grieved, but it's time we search ourselves and say, did I get myself in this situation? Have we ever come to a realization and said, maybe this is my fault. Maybe I did this to myself. God, why did you allow this to happen to me? God is not a bailout plan. God is a bailout of our bad decisions. We reap what we sow, but through repentance, God can redeem and restore the years that's been lost. Do I have a witness in this room today? Hallelujah. Number three, 2 Kings 427, the soul of the Shunammite woman. She had prayed and believed for a son and through the mouth and through the prophet that was spoke over her, God gave her a son. But there came a time where that son died. Her soul was vexed. It was grieving over her baby boy dying. But what did they do? They laid that body on the bed where prophets dream and that dead body was resurrected back to life. But something may have died and it may be grieving your heart, but you don't have to sit there carrying that grief. Lay it where prophets dream. Lay it where God's word is declared. Lay it where God says rest in me and let God heal and mend those things that need restored in your life. Job 27.2, Job's soul was vexed. I mean, my goodness, if there was anyone that had a grievance, it should have been Job. Like if anybody has a grievance, Job's worthy of the grievance, right? I mean cu- I mean lost his family. Wife said curse God and die, right? Now how bad does it have to be when Satan takes everybody but Job's wife? That's pretty bad, ain't it, Joe? Everybody, everybody's gone. But he said, I'm I'm not going to touch her. (laughs) Let let Job deal with her. Right? That's how bad it was, right? All the children are gone. All the animals are gone. Everything is gone. Covered in bulls from head to toe. uh, Friends come to comfort him, but they didn't much comfort. They're trying to pick and choose and blame him for all the things that's going wrong in his life. But when did things change? When God spoke to Job and said, I want you to pray for your friends. Catch that, man, because the real test was, can you forgive your closest friends that betrayed you? And when he sacrificed and prayed for them, immediately God healed his body. And God restored double for everything that he lost, all because he released them and prayed for them. All the power, guys, of reconciliation. There's no friendship too lost to be mended and healed. In the presence of God. 2 Peter 2 and 8. Lot's soul was vexed within him. And it was affected by the lawlessness of his community. But there was a man named Abraham. Interceding for Lot. And God spared his life. Listen. There's nothing too big for God to heal. There's nothing too big for Too lost for God to save. There's no one too in danger for God to rescue. He is a mighty, mighty, mighty God. Amen. So I want to talk about your need for reconciliation, our need for reconciliation. Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 24. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. Hallelujah. This is what the word says. It says, you're familiar with the commandment that the older generation was taught. Do not murder or you will be judged. But I'm telling you, if you hold anger in your heart toward a fellow brother, you are subject to judgment. If you hold anger towards a brother and sister in Christ in your heart, you're subject to judgment. What does that mean, guys? Would you allow a bitter, heart, bitter place in your heart? This is a morning, guys, where we, search, where we all collectively, young and old, search the corners of our heart. And then if there's anything that's bitter towards somebody else, we're laying it down today. Does anybody hear me? This is, you know, Joe gave us homework assignments this week, but your homework's due today. Do you hear me? We're going to mend some stuff and heal some stuff today if you're willing. Why carry it? Because if, if you died today with that bitterness in your heart, guess what? You don't make it in. This is the Word. When John the Baptist, he saw Jesus. He said, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. This is Jesus. He's in prison. Now he sends his disciples to Jesus and, said, and John the Baptist was sent to ask him, are you the one or do we, see, do we search for another? So in three years time, John the Baptist went, behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world too. Are you really him? What does Jesus say? You tell him, bless her, those who are not offended in me. Blessed are those who are not, because John was going to die, and we may not understand why John had to die. But you know something—he he had to release that word to John to say, "Don't let this thing take you out." There's not a greater prophet than you. Don't let this thing take you out because of bitterness. When Jesus was on the cross, he said, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." Why? Because Jesus couldn't let, give any room for bitterness in his heart there in his last hours alive. Heard Bill Johnson say it like this. He's talking about Stephen. What did Stephen say? Forgive him. Who was was there? Paul. Had Stephen not said those words, it would have never allowed Paul to be released into his destined purpose. All because Stephen said forgive him. Think about that. So in other words... Over half of our New Testament would not be here today if Stephen had not said the words, forgive him, forgive him, forgive him. Hallelujah. Is this getting real with anyone this morning? But I'm telling you, if you hold anger, you're subject to judgment. And whoever demeans and insults a fellow brother believer is answerable to the congregation. And whoever calls down curses upon a fellow believer is in danger of being sent to a fiery hell. Strong words, that's Jesus talking right there. That's not that's not King James, that's Jesus, right? That's Jesus talking. Getting real with us and saying, you know what, guys? If you look, if I if I curse Joe, he's been sick, he always be sick. I'm in danger. Come on. Well, they'll never be successful in business. Don't ever do anything. His kids have been screwed up. They'll always be screwed up. You're in danger. Because that's not, the, that's not the domain we operate in. Not of cursing, but a blessing. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. So if you're presenting a gift before the altar in the temple and suddenly you remember a quarrel you have with a fellow believer... Leave your gift in front of that altar and go at once to apologize with the one who's offended. Then after you have reconciled, come to the altar and present your gift. Because it takes a greater courage to to ask someone for forgiveness than it does to give an offering in front of everybody so you can be seen. It's quiet, but I hope you're getting this. Hallelujah. We need reconciliation and it comes in humbling our pride. Joe sent me a text yesterday. I loved it. Jesus inhabits our praise, but the devil inhabits pride. Love that, Joe. Thank you for sending that timely. We can't be too prideful to, ask, to tell someone we're sorry. Can I tell you this? Reconciliation is not me going to Joe and saying, Joe, you did this to me and I deserve an apology. That's not reconciliation. That's pride in my life because I've not searched myself to see what did I do. What did I say? What did I think that may have caused friction in a relationship? There's different people in Scripture that had some conflicting of relationships, Jacob and Esau. Jacob was a thief. He took Esau's birthright. Esau was angry. Jacob left. They didn't see or talk to each other for 20 years. 20 years of a broken relationship. But in Genesis 32 and we preached it a lot of times of Jacob going on Pen- Peniel Mount Peniel and having an encounter with the Lord changed his walk, changed his name he's no longer a thief now he's a prince of God. Do you know why he was on that mountain? Because reconciliation was coming in chapter 33. He needed reconciliation with a long lost brother. And Jacob said, I'm a thief and I can't go this way to him. I need a transformation and a change in my heart. And when Jacob saw Esau, you know what Jacob said? It's like I'm looking in God's face. And they embrace each other. Listen, God's able to do more in a moment than you can do in a lifetime. And there's friction in a broken relationship. Let God heal it. Let God deal with you. Ask God to search me. Search me, Lord, and know my heart. Paul, Barnabas, and John, Mark, man, there's some friction there. A lot of us know the story. Barnabas, his name means son of a prophet. He's known as a son of encouragement. If you want to be fulfilled in your Christian walk, you need a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy. You need a father, you need a brother, and you need a son. Amen. Barnabas is that kind of accountability equipping partner we forget. But it was Barnabas who got a hold of Paul because Paul was by himself. And, and, the, and the disciples was like, we're not befriending Paul. He tried to kill us before. right? This is the guy that tried to sentence us to death. But the Bible says Barnabas said, no, Paul, we ain't, we ain't taking that. Go and take, Took him before the disciples and began to speak on his behalf. This is what he encountered. He is a new creation, and God has set him free. He defended him. Barnabas did. Barnabas also would go during a time of famine. Paul was now being persecuted, and the Bible says he was by himself in Jerusalem. Barnabas went after him, said, there's revival in Antioch, and we need you. Come with me. That's what he did. We need each other, don't we? I said, we need each other, don't we? So he went and got him, and they went on their first... Prophets were praying and the Holy Ghost spake and said, I want Paul and Barnabas to be sent out. And they went on their first missionary journey together. Barnabas said, let's take John Mark. You know, John Mark, Mark wrote Mark's gospel. Mark was a disciple. Mark was young. He was probably in his teenage years or something. He was young. Okay, let's take him. But somewhere in Pamphylia, the Bible says that John Mark got discouraged, homesick and went home. Go to the second missionary journey. Paul and Barnabas was getting ready to go and said, let's take John Mark. Paul said, no. We ain't taking John Mark. He done gave up and quit and went to the house. We're not taking him. The friction and conflict was so great between Barnabas and Paul that Barnabas took John Mark, went on his own journey, and Paul and Silas went on their own journey. The kingdom of God actually grew through that because more lands was preached to. But there was some friction there. But you would read later on in Scripture that Paul was thankful for Barnabas and, and how he stood for the work of the Lord. And he, he, in 2 Timothy 4, uh, Paul sent after for Barnabas. And so here he's getting ready to get be headed for the gospel. And he said, it would please me to have John Mark come to me. Don't die with bitterness in your heart. Don't die with bitterness in your heart. Don't carry that for years. Release it. Forgive people. Don't hold yourself captive. Don't hold other people captive. And when you do that, I believe God can mend and heal. So there's three different people you can have bitterness with. And this is where we're getting ready to close here in just a moment. Number one, you can be bitter with God. I wouldn't necessarily say, as I was sharing earlier, that I was bitter with God. I just had a struggle within myself that I just didn't have confidence to pray. And God broke that and has gave me just a new confidence in prayer. Just, I mean, just set me free. But many things happen that we pray and go unanswered. Sometimes he answers our prayers differently than we expected. So maybe some people say they're in desperate need. They've never prayed to God before, but their mom or dad's laying in, a de- laying in the hospital bed sick and they're praying for the first time and then God doesn't heal them. Well, God doesn't exist because I prayed this time and God didn't hear me when I prayed. And we, we get bitter and we stay with that for years and they get bitter with a God that they themselves are now convinced doesn't even exist. Right? Bitterness. We blame God for things that happen, never seeing his side of the story. Being bitter with God never solves anything, but we must release our, business, our, our bitterness knowing that he has a better plan in mind. Hebrews 12, 15 says that, that the grace of God cannot coexist with the root of bitterness. It's either God's grace or it's bitterness. We choose. So I would rather say, God, you have a better plan. I want to listen to you and hear your voice. So if a loved one goes on to eternity, your bitterness can prevent you from reuniting with them if you refuse to let that go. Don't be bitter. Don't be bitter. God wants to reconcile and God wants to heal. The Bible says, I'll just read this 2 Corinthians 5, that he has gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He's in, we inherited that ministry. All of us have to bring reconciliation and to be conduits of God's healing power. And he, he made us of, in his righteousness, and so we need to carry that. Number two, we can be bitter with other people. And again, as I said earlier, we can be offended at things, and it's not going to someone and blaming them for the way that you feel. If, if it's 90% them and 10% you, you still got the 10% you need to release, If there's something in you that's holding a grudge and you say, you know, I've had a grudge against you for whatever. And I'm just, I want to tell you, I'm sorry. We make that so complicated, don't we? We make it so complicated. When you forgive someone, you release them from guilt. But when you ask someone for forgiveness, God's grace is released to you. So we need to repent. We need to repent. And also don't pick at wounds God's already healed. Don't open up stuff that God has already done in your life. If he's already healed you, you've already forgave each other, you moved on. Don't go back and revisit that thing two or three years from now. It's like, it's like marriage. You get in an argument or something, and then in the next argument, presents itself. You go back to the first one. No. Lay it down. Lay it down. Don't pick your wounds. God's already healed. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the worship team if they would come. I'm almost done. Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. I want to read these verses right quick in the New Living Translation. <clears throat> then we'll get ready to close. Are you guys still with me? I hope I'm not, I hope I'm not boring you. I do believe God is saying I just want to teach this word to you because I believe God is here to heal some people today. Okay? And maybe you've been bored, okay? But in about five minutes, we're going to release healing to some people. And God is going to change some lives physically, spiritually, and in your soulish realm. Anybody in agreement with me on that today? And I don't know who it's going to be. It may be just for one person. It may be for a marriage today. It may be for your children. It may be whatever, but God's going to do something today. Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20, it says this If any brother or any believer sins against you, go privately, point out the offense. Go privately to them and point it out. In other words, don't, don't, don't go. If I've got something against Joe, I don't go to other people and say, did you see what Joe did to me or did you hear what Joe did t- to We understand that's discord and that's gossip, don't we? Right? Talking about it with other people doesn't solve it just to try to win a crowd to support your theory. You go to them and say, I'm sorry for what I've done and I'm sorry I've allowed something to cause friction because I don't need someone's amen corner to support me in my bitterness. When you put your approval on someone else's bitterness, you're as guilty as hellfire as they are. What's the word say, James 3? Your tongue sets the course of nature of the fire. Am I talking to somebody? Hallelujah. If the other person listens and confesses it, he said, you've won that person back. You've won them back. But if you're unsuccessful, take one or two and go again so that everything may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. If he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. I tell you the truth, that whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And what you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. And it goes on to say, if two or three agree together in my name, there am I in the midst. If two shall touch on any one thing agreeing, it shall be done. What does it say? Reconciliation precedes agreement and he- alignment with heaven. That's the word. No repentance, no reconciliation. You're in a disagreement with heaven and you're on your own that's the word it's that simple how can we heal our community if we can't heal our family How do we, we want to pray against principalities but our marriage is in the rocks come on our children need to be saved they need to be loved we need to search ourselves finally you can be bitter with yourself you can be bitter with yourself I want to encourage you guys to forgive yourself and don't hold yourself a, a standard higher than God's That's idolatry Idolatry ain't going to inherit the kingdom of God. Let his love cover you. I just release love. I release encouragement. I release grace. Those watching, those in this room, I just want to release grace to you today. There's a grace coming that's going to cover you and forgive you. Bible says his love covers a multitude of sins. It's for somebody in this room. It could be among your family your coworkers could be in your neighborhood it could be within this church body or with past church hurt but there's healing that's any the bible says confess your faults one to another so that you may be healed you can never bring healing if you leave the hurt uncovered or if you leave the hurt covered you've got to uncover the hurt confess it to god go to that person and make things right If you would like to know more about Our Father's House and upcoming events, log on to OurFathersHouseKY.org.